maybe even go inside out again a bit harder. So I'm going to try and slide one in there. Fast. You would think he has to make him hit it on the leg side. With all his fielders out there. Six to win. Four for a super over. More. What a round of uh, BBL Supercoach. Absolute carnage mm. from round one of uh, BBL Supercoach. We've got washouts. We've got abandoned matches because covers weren't put on properly. We've got cheapies cashing in. We've got Sutherland and Munro excellence. Big horse, what have we got on the show today, mate? Yeah, we're going to go through each game, the booms, the busts, and some early trade thoughts leading into round two. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, you are. Welcome back to the Insight BBL Show on the Insight Podcast Network. I am the Super Coach Brain. You can find me on exit SC underscore Brain. And the big horses with me had a better round than me, mate. What a round. Bit of carnage happening. It was a fair shit show as Global's got in the chat there. <laughs> you know, you think you think, you know, Super Coach with AFL, NRL, NBL, you get consistent games, you know, you know you're gonna get players playing and here we've got people that can't put covers on properly in Geelong and it's it just fucks the show, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes it tough, doesn't it, when things out of your control affect your super coach score. Like a lot of the time we're used to AFL and NRL where more often than not you know what you're gonna get. You know, you've yeah. got a lot of players that you know you can rely on, whereas this this format in general, BBL Supercoach, is just so volatile. You can get a bloke come out and get 180 in one week and then they can come out and get five for you the next week. So a yeah, little bit fine. of luck involved. But, um, yeah, yeah, you've got to play it right and play the schedule. So, guys, before we jump into everything and we review the round, uh, make sure to subscribe. We would appreciate it. Hit like as well. Follow, review, all those things if you're listening to us on audio so you don't miss another episode. Uh, and also... Join the uh, Unlimited group. It's 482267, and the link is in the description below. Mick, how many people do we have in the Unlimited League at the moment? I had a look this morning, and there's 558. It's fucking phenomenal. Love Not it. Bad. I love that everyone's getting around it, and people are enjoying themselves. It's good. Yeah, that's sick. It's uh, it's good. We'll keep pumping those numbers up. We will shut that league off in probably a few weeks. Um, mm. Definitely won't reach round five. So get in quick um, so that you can go in the running to win some prizes and stuff like that. Uh, and also jump in the Discord. Our community team actually did pretty well uh, this last week. I think we're sitting around the 1,000 mark overall um, with 1,200-odd, mm. which is pretty cool. So the community gets to vote on those trades, those moves, what the team looks like, the captains, the vice captains, the loop options. Uh, you get a say. So jump in the Discord. The link is also in the description below there. Now, <clears throat> Mick, you had a better week than me, mate. So lead us off. How did you go last week? I wasn't too much better, mate, but I ended up on – 1,180, which ranked me just outside the top 5%. So 2,787th overall. I captained Jai Richardson. So I was part of that shit show that was Geelong. Mm -hmm. um, would have been a lot better off if they had played. But uh, I played Jack Edwards. So I had Jack Edwards on field, and he was a nice little cash cow. A little bit of bowling, a little bit of batting. Uh, yeah, so he saved me from a complete misery. But the likes of Sutherland and... Munro, they were just awesome, weren't they? 
Yeah, they were quality, weren't they? They're probably the two picks of the week, really, Munro and Sutherland. So um, well done to those of you that, first of all, either V-seed or straight seed uh, Munro. That's that's elite super coaching. Um, but also, I mean, Will Sutherland was one of those ones I was on the fence about. Like, I, I loved his role and I loved him as a player, but I just felt like maybe we saw the best of him last year and fuck, I was so wrong. Um, he, he's, he's got the elite role. He's got the, one of the best roles in super coach. He's batting seven. He's going to bowl his four overs. He's bowling first change. Uh, mm. I don't know whether that was to do with the wicket and maybe they were favoring pace as opposed to spin for obvious reasons in that little abandoned match there. But, uh, yeah, he yeah. was quality. He was so good. So uh, a yeah. nice little grab there. Um, yeah, the Joe Richardson issue is going to be one we'll talk about a little bit later, I think, because we've got a decision to make on whether we bail on him or whether we use him another week because he's going to start to leak some cash, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's already leaked. Um, I think it's 16. <coughs> Actually, it was like 23K, I think he's dropped already. Yeah, yeah, it makes it tough, doesn't it, to then now make your moves considering yeah. we were probably maybe even hoping that Richo would be the easy stepping stone to match short, and now maybe it's not that easy. So it right. uh, no. makes it a bit tricky, doesn't it? So, yeah, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk about some uh, fixes around that very soon. I've got 1089, so about 90 points behind you. Uh, but to be fair, when we look at the 90-point difference, 91 points difference, I'm about 3,600 ranks behind you. So mm. that's how easy it is to move early on. Uh, yep. You know, it only takes one player for me to pick that you don't that uh, will get me basically back up into the top 2K. So don't get discouraged, guys. I know it's very easy for you to kind of have a shit first week and go, oh, fuck this. Maybe our super coach is trash and, you know, oh, my players didn't play well. And it's very easy mm -hmm. to kind of feel like that. But it only takes one good week to bring it back. So stick with us. Um, yes, I didn't have Sutherland. I didn't have Swepson. I captained Aaron Hardy. But I, but I made decent cash. And that's the one thing I think I'm, I'm resting on is the yeah. fact that I feel like my, my team and the cheapies that I picked have actually done a pretty good job to make some money. So, and, and I think it's very important to understand that you've got to make bank in your first four weeks. Yeah. So uh, I think Andrew Langley, the back-to-back -back champion, talks about the fact that he likes to try and make about four to 500,000 in his first five rounds. So if you can make 500000 in team value in your first five rounds, you're pretty set up to make the trades and the moves you want to without being handicapped by price. What are your thoughts on, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, are, are you prioritizing money at the moment? A little bit, yeah. But on top of that, who saw the uh, Swepson you know, form come on? They were just unreal, weren't they? Or he was unreal. In the last couple of seasons, he's bowled pretty tripe. I wasn't expecting him to run with, you know, such a predominant role. Maybe Bowley's two overs that he played, but, you know, he scored near on 100 and – what was it, 170 between the two rounds and got his economy bonus, got wicket bonuses. He looks a really nice buy low still with a minus 60 break even. Yeah, absolutely he does. Um, there's, there's plenty of players to now consider based on, you know, do we bring them in because of cash or do we bring the players in and attack the schedule for points? Because I think we're a little bit split now, aren't we, between – do we, do we build bank or do we attack points? Because it's such a short season. There's only nine rounds in comparison to the 13 that we had last year. So, mm -hmm. yeah, plenty of, uh, plenty of decisions to be made this week. But uh, we'll talk about them. But, mate, some exciting stuff to talk about. We've got our first squeeze of the week brought to you by the Standard Squeeze. And the winner with the highest score in the overall league is Tom, coach of I've Got a Hardy, scored 14.53 this week and that leaves him 15th overall first in the league 
Congratulations, Tom. Huge effort. Uh, we'll be we'll hop into our DMs first of all on wherever it is that you follow us. We'll get an address for you, mate, and we'll send out that standard squeeze pack thanks to the standard squeeze. 1453 is huge, Mick. That is massive. That's big numbers. Yep. Big time. And obviously okay. the, the segment there is brought to you by the Standard Squeeze, helping you drink responsibly and conveniently. You can go to their website, thestandardsqueeze.com. You can use the code INSIGHT15 to get 15% off anything in store that you need. They've got tumblers. They've got uh, apparel. They've got all sorts of awesome stuff to help you drink responsibly. <laughs> and also from a convenience standpoint, no one wants to go and take a bottle of vodka or whatever on a camping trip or chuck it in the boat when you're going for a fish. It's going to break. So they've made these food-grade quality plastic bottles to help you obviously measure out a, a standard pour, but also mm -hmm. so that you're not breaking bottles on your trip. How good? Yeah, spot on. And delivery times too. I uh, made a purchase for myself last week and it got to, say, I'm in Victoria. <clears throat> the business in, is in Victoria and it got to a bloke in New South Wales within five days. So if you're still looking for that late Christmas present, jump on board. Yeah, absolutely. They've um, they've got some awesome stuff on there. So help um, and, and support those that support us. Now, <clears throat> mate, we've got a bit to talk about, don't we, in yeah, uh, we game review. So let's rip into the rewind. Now, the game review and the rewind is brought to you by Ryan from Astute Newstead. If you guys are, are looking to really renegotiate your, your interest rate on your home loan or any residential loans, uh, or you're looking to get into the housing market, hit up Ryan from Astute Newstead. He can give you confidential lending assistance with absolutely no obligations attached. All you need to do is hit him up at Ryan Astute Newstead on Instagram, or you can send him an email at ryanh.eganwealth.com. Use the code INSIGHT. Let him know the boys sent you, and he will look after you. won't cost you a thing. Talk to him about your situation. Uh, Ryan's a great bloke. We've worked with him previously, personally, both of us, and uh, can't speak higher of Ryan, so he'll look after you if you're looking to try and save some cash on your home loan. Now, let's uh, let's revisit last week, mate, because there is a little bit going on. Now, we'll, we'll rewind to the first game, Brisbane Heat. Uh, batted first, three for 214 they put up, and the, the Melbourne Stars pitiful in response with uh, 111 all out. What are your thoughts on this one, mate? Shit out by the Stars, wasn't it? First, first game of the year, you're expecting fireworks, you're expecting nerves, you know. The batsman being scratchy, but Munro looked awesome. 99 not out. Been stranded by Maxi Bryant, and he's got a break even of minus 28 next week too. So that's really handy. For those of you that are dropping comments in our chat, we will get to them as well. Yeah. Everyone, Yeah, absolutely. We'll save them at the end. Yeah, for sure. Uh, everyone else contributed for Brisbane, but no real standouts outside of Munro. Maxwell jagged one for 44 and 23 or 14, but a forearm injury saw him miss game two which apparently he's going to be right for their next game in round three. Remember, they do have the bye this week, and he's a really nice loop option to have, and his bat bowl, so you can use him at either end. Yeah, I see a lot of people trading out Maxi, And yeah, I think people are underestimating the power of the loophole mm. and obviously having a non-player that's going to also – lock out at the last game of the round. Remember, buyer players lock out as at the start of the last game of the <coughs> round being played. So you've got basically the whole round essentially to look at whoever you've got as your emergency loop and get a bit of a second crack potentially. And that's definitely how I'll be using Maxi this week. And also the reason why I've got Sam Harper. Are we allowed to talk about Sam Harper? I think people are pretty angry about him. No. So we see Neil, he's tuning in from New Zealand, up the heat, and he wants nothing to do with Sam Harper. He was shit. <laughs> 
He scored five off two games. Oh, it hurt me. It hurt my soul. Oh, <clears throat> mate. No good. Yeah, just you dodged ordinary. him, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I flaunted with him, but I ended up uh, bringing back in Billings, who he wasn't that much better, but still Billings got me 50-odd for the uh, for the round, which we'll talk about who we're moving out later on. He's one of them for me. But um, Swepson, I'd like to talk about him. So in his previous couple of years, he hasn't really jagged many wickets or hasn't really been a feature bowler for the Heat. Kuhneman, the clear number one there, but what do you take? Three for 23, was it, or four overs? 93 super coach points in the first game. That's um, that's unreal for what? He was 71K. I'm Yeah, look, we got it wrong on him, and mm-hmm. I think everyone got it wrong. You know, when, not everybody. Obviously, the people that owned him, 30-odd percent, whatever it was. It, to be honest, the podcasters got it wrong on him. I don't know many people from a podcasting perspective where we're lucky enough to be part of the podmasters where everybody who runs a podcast is in the one league. And uh, everyone got it wrong on, yeah. on Swepson. But to be fair, no one saw the resurgence of Mitch Swepson coming. Now, from a, I don't know, from an analytical standpoint, there are a few things I noticed with Mitch Swepson, and there's a, lot, there's a lot that he's actually changed with his game this year. Now, last year, you could tell that he really wasn't getting through the crease. He was ja- he's dragging the ball really short, and it looked like he was trying to overspin the ball. He was really trying to focus on getting as many revs out of his hand as he possibly could. And it looks like this year, what he's focused on is getting his back leg through his action a lot more. So instead of trying to spin the ball as much as he can from his shoulder, his body's getting through the ball this year. And what you'll notice if you go and have a look at last year's footage versus this year is that he's bowling quicker through the air. So you'll see kind of like an Adam Zampa speed out of Mitch Swepson. A lot of the wickets that he got were balls that didn't spin, that slid on at the front of the hand. So maybe that's a focus for him this year, getting the back leg through, bowling a bit quicker, harder to pick up. And obviously when you're putting intent into your bowling, you're going to get a lot more drop as a leg spinner as well. So if he's dropping the ball and he's sliding the ball on, he's really hard to pick. And then some balls turn, some balls don't, that's bloody hard to play. So my question to you is, do we have to get this guy now with a minus 70 break even? I'll take you back about seven minutes. And um, weren't we talking about cash being king? Yep. So with gotta, such gotta a get big break even, I, I think he's got to be someone you have to look at regardless of, you know, Heat go into a buy. They've got one game this week into a buy. He could be your loop option with your bowlers, thinking that if he does take a couple more wickets this week, bowl relatively – economically, he could still have a negative break even for the weeks after that. Yeah, he could have two, three weeks in a row of, of negative break even. We've got a question in the chat with Blake Cullen asking, when we talk about a minus break even, what does that mean? So basically, your break even, let's just say it's zero. Your break even is the amount of points that a player needs to score to maintain their price. So with a negative 60 or negative 70 break even for Swepson, that means that if he steps on the field and gets a zero, he's still going to make 20K minimum, whatever the calculations are. I haven't done them yet, but he's going to make a lot of money by stepping on the field. Then obviously if he does anything, he's going to make even more. So when you see a high break even for a player, it's a concern because there's a potential they don't reach that break even and then they start to lose money. For Swepson, there's no risk of that happening this week and he is probably the cheapy of the week, I think, this week. The only deterrence, I guess, now becomes they've got the buy in round three. So how many Brisbane Heat players do you want to have by that buy? 
And also then, how many trades are you using to get the strikers players in in the coming week as well? Because they're on the double game week and they're the only team on a double. So those are the questions you have to ask yourself. There is a risk to take Swepson. Probably a minimal risk, to be fair. If cash is your priority, I'd be going with him. If points are your priority, maybe there are some better options. But at his price, he's definitely someone that you have to look at. Uh, Corey Blackledge in the chat saying that Swepson is this year's Paddy Dooley. Uh, which, yeah, that's that's actually not a bad shout. Anything else from this one, mate? There's a fair bit here. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't made mention of Swepson's headband. That's the biggest thing I've noticed. <laughs> Could be a uh, headband season. Do yeah. you reckon that's like a superpower for him? Uh, yes. I'm just, just looking through some stats on, on the Supercoach website, and he was the third highest scorer in Supercoach this week, and he's still only at 103K, so still relatively cheap too. Yeah, that is cheap. I mean, we look at where he started in the 70s. He's he's made 30K. So anybody yep. who started with him got the points. What did he score over the week? 170-odd? 162. Is yep. Third best for the week um, mm-hmm. at 70K where he started at. He made 32.1K. So that's a really nice little bank builder for you. And uh, you got the points from him as well. So fantastic choice. Um, I, I guess everybody kind of ch- Chipped in with the ball in this one, didn't they, against the Stars, considering they got tr- they got bowled out for 111. Um, you've got what uh, Swepson cleaned them up. Then you've also got Nisa, who got two for eight. Or sorry, you got two for Nisa. You got two for eight for Bartlett, which is 47 mm-hmm. Supercoach points in three overs. You got Kuhneman, who also got one for 17 off three, so he got a bit of an economy rate bonus there. 59 Supercoach points for him with the catch. I want to talk about Paul Walter. Or as uh, our mate Scobes calls him, is it P. Diddy or P. Witty or whatever he calls him? Diddly, widdly, shiddly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. But anyway, he's a cult hero, Paul Walter. Um, Now, Scobes says that he is Matt Short's biggest fan. I don't know about that. I reckon he's Paul Walter's biggest fan. Mm -hmm. 30 super coach points for Paul Walter. And there was a little bit of panic stations, wasn't there, initially from from owners. Uh, Only getting the one over and not batting and getting one catch is a bit of a concern, wasn't it, initially? Initially, yes, but for me being a non-owner, I was doing secret fist pumps because I, I took the gamble not for having him. But we'll get to game two, but he certainly proved his worth in game two. Yeah, he did, for sure. Mate, we'll move on to game two. Then we've got the Sydney Sixers. They, they got six for 175 batting first, and they beat the Melbourne Renegades seven for 167. Couldn't mm-hmm. quite chase it down there. Some heroics from a couple of people here in this one. Um, now, Will Sutherland, let's talk about him because he's the talking point of the week. Now, let me ask you this. 151 super coach points in this one. Two for 21 off four. So he got the economy rate bonus. He bowled his full allotment of overs. He got two poles. And mind you, he got 51 not out of 30 balls. Mm-hmm. So does he become now, regardless of who's got the double, does he become a must-have? Yes. Absolutely. He scored 151 super coach points in one game. There are there are teams where they've had two games and they're still, you know, they're only there was only one person I think that scored more than him for the whole round. And he effectively played one game and bowled two overs. I think it was. So when you're looking at that and the grand scheme of things, I I think he's a must have now and still relatively cheap for what his output is. 170 K. I think he might be now. Yeah. I think he just cracked the 180. Um, I've had to move heaven and earth. 181.5. He is. I've had. Okay. Had to move heaven and earth to get the bloke in, but I don't give a shit about the double this week. 
Um, I've got three Adelaide strikers. We'll talk about trades later on in the show. I've got three of them this week, and three's fine with me. I wanted to keep a trade up my sleeve without having a boost to try and get a player that I missed. Mm-hmm. So I think it was really important in week one. We knew we were going to miss someone, whether it be Swepson, Sutherland, maybe you missed Munro, uh, maybe you missed Tanvir Sanger, who had an awesome game on a single. You know, that, those you? are the options now. You should have a free trade, essentially, to be able to try and grab in one of the guys and correct that mistake for missing him. So Will Sutherland is my mistake correction. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll talk about who I'm trading out for him a little bit later. There's a bit of spice in that, but oh, he, he's on. a must-have for me too. I agree. Yep. Now, Smudge, Steve Smith, obviously uh, only got about 30 today in the test match, but he got 96 super coach points on, uh, on the other night, 61 off 42 opening the batting for the Sydney Sixers. Was there any doubt that this bloke was going to turn up and just put them all over the park? No. No, but for 270-odd K or whatever it was, definitely not worth the gamble. Not a chance I'm paying that kind of cash. Even with what he scored, I mean... Yeah, you probably make a little bit of money, but it's a lot of outlay for a single uh, for a guy who's playing one game and you've got to trade out. So, um, mate, I'll tell you what, though, we got it right on Benny Dwarshus, didn't we? He, we, we called him one of the best pods to pick from the Sydney Sixers when we did their review. He got four for 36, um, 79 super coach points. Philippi, 74 points as well. He got 29 off 17 balls, so he got a little bit of a strike rate bonus there. Uh, we got... Jake Fraser McGurk with 73 super coach points. And then, you know, he got 48 off 24 balls, striking at 200. So mm-hmm. those three guys are probably the talking points, whether you started with Philippi or faded him. I think it was about a 50 50, wasn't it? I think yep. it was 51% owned or something. Yeah. And after watching him on the weekend, I was one of the owners that faded him. I'm looking to get him in. He looks really good, just stupid ways of getting out both times. But he looks like there's a big score just around the corner. I'm high on Josh Philippe. Yeah, it's just a shame with the Sydney Sixers schedule, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. they, they, they've got singles for the rest of the season. It's just it's just garbage, really, isn't it? Yep. So that the bonus is they don't have a buy. But is that a bonus in the end of the day? You can't even use him as a loophole in the wicketkeeper position. No, so a no. bit of a downer, really. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, uh, I think maybe there's better options to pick from Philippe this week. Um, but again, he's going to make you cash. So he's an option for sure. Now, Adam Zampa, he got 62 in game one. He did his job. What owners paid for, he got more than that. Uh, but he, he missed game two. So a little bit of a downer there. He's got a bit of rest, but he should be back, obviously, for their round two matchup there next week uh, for Adam Zampa. People were picking between Adam Zampa and Majibo Rahman. Uh, how do mm-hmm. you feel about that? Because you're a Majib owner. <laughs> I was. I traded him out probably half an hour before the start of the game. So yeah, right. Yeah, nice. yeah. So I ended up going Zampa, and thank fuck I did because Mujib was all over the place. Like you watch, you watch his bowling, and he looked rushed. He was a bit skew if with his bowling a lot down leg side, and he was trying to push him through a bit quicker than what he he usually does, and um really didn't like what I saw. So I'll give it this week, and I reckon if he can start to bring it back this week. He might be worth a gamble before he takes off. But we'll yeah, his see. role his role's good. Mm. He bowls in the power play, but I think that may be a deterrent because yeah. uh, sides look like they're going to go they're going to go after him. I think Zampa mm-hmm. bowled the fifth over, so the power play's over by then. So not ideal for for Majib owners. He kind of 
no. had to be the sacrificial lamb, didn't he? And he took a bit of tap and then Zampa came on and, and did a job tying it up through the middle of the game. So from a role perspective, I think Zampa has the, the preference there in terms of spinners for the Renegades. But look, I mean, Majeeb's probably going to be leaving at the back end of the tournament to go to the ILT20 tournament as well. So I, I'd... I think there was some news that he's coming out before that. I think he's leaving around Christmas. Actually, you could be right because of Afghanistan's yeah, international schedule right. coming up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Good call. Yeah, not great. Not great at all. So Majib owners probably maybe – do you bail now? That The hard part with Renegades players is that they've got the double again in round three. So are you going to have to hold on for these guys? You're right, but Majib versus Swepson, Cash is king. I'll leave I'd it be there. going Majib to Swepson every day of the week. Yep. I'm with you. Yep. I'm with you on that. Um, concern, now, early concerns for these four guys. Now, Josh Curran got 24 in the first game. He got uh, he actually bowled really well. I think he got none for 20 or four overs or something. So he got the economy rate bonus there. But he uh, he got a he, I think he got a golden duck, didn't he? Get cleaned up by Zampa through the gate. Mm-hmm. So yep. uh, 24 for Curran. Abbott 35 and didn't play game two. So not ideal for Abbott owners. Joe Clark as well. I'm a Joe Clark owner. He got 36. He um, actually got 30 points from fielding. Uh, he got a, a, a catch behind the stumps and a run out at the opposite end. So 30 points there. And then he got six off eight balls and got run out looking super lazy. So not not ideal for Joe Clark. And then uh, Kane no. Richardson only got 26 as well. So are there concerns? If Are you an owner of any of those four guys and are you considering moving any of them? I have Tom Curran and Abbott, and no, I'm not looking to move them on. We saw Curran's worth in game two, which we'll get into later, but Abbott, he had a rest. He'll be back. Yep. Yep, fair enough. Mate, we can probably move through the next two games pretty quickly, can't we? Uh, Adelaide and Brisbane Heat, everybody talking about yeah. Brisbane Heat's triple game week. Not yeah. today. I am... Um, I hate this, not just from the Brisbane Heat point of view, but from an Adelaide point of view. So I wanted to get a bit of a look into how Adelaide were going to structure their team, how Overton, Payne, the likes, the two shorts opening the batting, how this was all going to be constructed on their behalf. But now we're sort of going in blind into round two, aren't we? Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, we're, we were relying on having a look potentially at guys from the strikers. Like you've got your Matt Shorts. We were hopefully looking at his role and maybe having a look at whether he's going to get overs, whether he's going to bowl. Uh, we were also potentially looking at guys like David Payne. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we don't get to see him. James Baisley was actually fit. And I think a lot of people had a, a big eye on James Baisley and, and what his role was going to be within the squad. Now we don't know. Jamie Overton, is he going to get overs? Ben Menenti, is he even going to get picked? Uh, Cam Boyce, is he going to get that spot? There's so many question marks now. Darcy Short, they've been talking him up a ton as well. So, like, mm-hmm. these are all super coach options. Henry Thornton, where's Agar? Like, all of these guys could be picked this week, but we don't know anything about them at all. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a lot of risk coming in with any of these guys now. I like that you brought that up because whenever we get the news, we'll be dropping it in our Discord. So down below, you'll see the Discord link. Click. Click the BBL, it'll chuck you straight through to where we are and we'll keep you up to date with everything going on. Absolutely. Now, the next one, maybe even more disappointing. <laughs> At least you get a DNP for your Adelaide <laughs> and your Brisbane Heat players in the washout, but you don't get a DNP when the ball's bowled, unfortunately, which is the way that it is and the way that it has been in Supercoach forever and a time. Now, if you're a BBL, long-term BBL Supercoach player, you probably understand how it works. I'd love to hear what everybody's thoughts are that are watching right now. 
on mm-hmm. whether you should get a DNP if you're batting first and you're a, you're a batsman and that doesn't get to the second innings. Should they get a DNP? Should guys like Jai Richardson, if you're on Perth and you're batting first, should he get a DNP instead of a zero? Because I think that impacts a lot when we're talking about cash generation for Jai Richardson. And even guys at the bottom of the order, Andrew Tyre didn't get a bowl, couldn't bat. Um, Jason Berendorf didn't get a bat, couldn't bowl. You know, so there, there's a lot of implications here with this match. So let us know in the comments what you think. Um, water getting under the covers, though. I mean, are we that Reggie? That that sounds like bush league type stuff, doesn't it? It's a yeah. it's a bad look for the league. Um, and on that, I'd like to hear your thoughts. But for me, it's out of the players' control, isn't it? They've turned up to the game. They're ready, willing, and able to play. I, for my opinion, should be that it should be a DNP. I don't think that you've got the players warming up. They're out there. They're doing their bit. Renegades bat first. Jai Richardson. So I had the C on Jai Richardson. Out of no fault of his own, he's landed with a zero and a price reduction for the round. So I'm pissed with that. But I can see from the other point of view, inconsistency is key with super coach and that sort of jazz. So for those of you that are putting the DMP in the chat, I'm with you. Stay strong, boys. But yeah, don't like it. I think maybe I'm more accepting of it just because it's the way it's always been. I think there was a game maybe a couple of years ago where smoke at the start of the game or something kind of ruled the game out, or it might've been a couple of years ago when the bushfires were really bad and um, we got smoke through the stadium and they couldn't play, but they started the game or whatever. And and everyone got a zero. Now I'm, I'm all for keeping things consistent and the way that they have been. And it's been like this since day one. So I don't necessarily hate the fact that you've, you cop a zero, it's just the way that the game's been. So, but in saying that, I completely get what everybody's saying in the fact of it's out of Jai Richardson's control. Why, why should a guy like Jai Richo, who's 247K with 180 break or 160 break even on a double, cop a zero purely because the groundsmen couldn't do their job and keep the water off the wicket? So it's hard because as a super coacher, you kind of want to keep things in your control to a some extent. You know, you're like, we, we don't want to, you know, cop a zero just because someone else couldn't do their job. So I get that. Um, Arsene Dragon, a good friend of the podcast, um, Cameron, he, he made a good suggestion potentially, and we were talking about it where, uh, like, guys that bat first, the team that gets that bats first and the players that don't get a bat and then also don't get the chance to take the field should get a DNP. If you take the field, so for the fielding team, you cop whatever you cop, um, you know, we've got guys like Will Sutherland who still peeled off 40 odd points or whatever it was. So he got a couple of wickets in that game. Um, a lot of dot balls didn't get the chance to bat, but got enough points. Aaron Hardy scored 20, not out. So he got 20 points. These guys keep their score, but anybody who doesn't get a chance to impact the game gets a DMP. And I don't hate that. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be bad if someone watched this and hopefully pass that on. We'll see. We'll see how we go. Um, let's move on though, mate. Hobart and the Sydney Sixers in this next one, mate. Do you want to take us through this one? It wasn't a bad game. Yeah, that was all right. Hobart got off to an absolute flyer. And like we've had some chats about Caleb Jewell in the past and how I rate him as a batsman, but potentially not in the BBL. But 42 off 24, securing 67 super coach points. Really started off well, but no one really went with him. Opened with Wade. Uh, McDermott came in, made 11 off 11. Uh, he got a catch, 21 super coach points from McDermott. So no real relevance there. But yeah, they just fell on a heap. I think they lost five for 21 at one stage there. It was as soon as uh, the Sydney side decided to start bowling the off-cutters flat out. 
I've never seen as many off-cutters as I have in round one this year, just taking the pace off the ball and, yeah, just runs drying up as simple as that. So when, when you look at that, it was really good by Sydney to just lock it down, wasn't it? Peel back really the good adjustment. Rate. Yeah, and look what it did. Like Tim David, fuck, he looked a shadow of his former self. Yeah. He, uh, he genuinely looks like he's got no idea. And wickets like that are pretty hard to play on, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Like slow, ball digs into the wicket, your cutters. And we look at uh, what Josh Curran was able to do in this match. He scored 104 super coach points. Didn't really do too much with the bat either. I think he hit the winning runs with a four or a six or whatever it was. But mm-hmm. most of his points came from wickets. Three, I think, what did he end up with? Three for? Um, three for not many or four. So, you know, you can see there. Yeah, he, he bowled a lot of cutters, both off cutters and the leg cutters and the back of the hand slower mm-hmm. balls and just took the pace off straight away. And you could see their adjustment yeah. initially because Caleb Jewell was absolutely clocking them everywhere, 42 off 24 balls. Uh, and then as soon as they were able to stop him from scoring, everybody else fell to water. So you could see taking the pace off the ball worked really well. Um, and initially it kind of worked well for Hobart too. But um, <laughs> luckily enough, Daniel Hughes kind of carried the Sydney Sixers home with 60 off 50. Um, if it wasn't for him, they could have been in some trouble. This We could have been in for a real game in this one. Yeah, absolutely. And how good did Corey Anderson look? Again, with the ball. Like he wasn't pegged as a bowler, but two for 10 off three overs to finish with 96 supercoach points. Very handy. He was good. I mean, when mm-hmm. Hobart come around to their double, uh, he could be an option. He could absolutely could be. be an option. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, anybody else to talk about? Jack Edwards, 72, Jack mate. Edwards. You must be stoked with that. Uh, yeah, fist pumps galore, mate. Loved it. But not just from that point of view, but it gave me a bit of an insight too. This one was without Abbott, but he was the one that made that breakthrough. He got weighed out and really started the, the flow-on effect of the hold-up of runs for the Hurricanes. I think he's going to bowl a lot more moving forward. So while his batting position doesn't look great, at I think he's batting at seven, I think he's going to bowl. He bowled quite well. He did. There's every so I was kind of banking on Daniel Hughes failing in this game because Jack Edwards could have come up and batted three. Yeah. So now that Daniel Hughes has done well, which good on him. Um, there's every chance now that Jack Edwards just stays at seven, which is fine because that probably means that Tom Curran bats at six. Mm-hmm. So I also don't hate that. Um, but yeah, if Jack Edwards gets a bowl every game, mate, he's a genuine option. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um. Benny Dwarshus as well turned up again, 78 points. He's in the wickets mm-hmm. to top off an awesome week. Um, full credit to him yep. for getting through both games as well with what he had going on in his personal life. So shout out yeah, to Benny sure. Dwarshus. Uh, fourth uh, high scorer for the week. There you go. Huge from him. Um, mm. Mate, anything else to mention on this one? No, not really. No. We, we can, can probably we can talk about our thoughts with trades and stuff, but both of these teams kind of become irrelevant after this week, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, we can probably pass on both, but uh, I tell you who doesn't become irrelevant, the Sydney Thunder. Uh, We should probably be starting to look at them with their round four double. Uh, So they unfortunately lost to the Brisbane Heat. So Brisbane Heat put up seven for 151 at Monica Oval, the batting first and Sydney Thunder bowled out for 131. So not, not quite good enough to chase down that one falling 20 short. Mm -hmm. Colin Munro again. 46 off 33 balls. Um, he didn't look as good in this one, though, did he? Do you know why? Because he why faced that? fucking eight balls in the power play. 
Josh Brown, you're not fucking opening ever again. Oh, mate. So Josh Brown was, what was he, 12 off four balls? And yeah, then he scored I, his next four runs off the next 14 balls. Like it was, And I think with a player disgusting. like him, looking to go so large and so hard at the bowler, mm-hmm. it's 6-4 or 0. And yep. in T20 cricket, for anybody who knows cricket at any level, you know that rotating the strike is one of the most important things to do in short over format cricket. And he did the opposite. He was trying to burt the ball out of the park and absolutely chewed up very important strike for for Munro. Mm-hmm. So I think they do need to definitely look at someone better to partner with Munro up the top. Mm-hmm. Matty Renshaw, though, unfortunately has succumbed to a bit of a hamstring injury. So mm-hmm. it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with him. There's every chance now Josh Brown stays at the top, which I hate. I, hate I mean, surely we can find another option to get Munro on strike. Have to. That's where he does his damage. And still, with only facing eight balls in the power play, he still scores 46 off 33. If he, if he was able to get away again with the field up, that 46 could turn into 66. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Nathan McSweeney, Matty Renshaw, uh, Billings as well, who was a very popular option to start the season, all got 20s. Uh, they put up 151 batting first. Not great. Not, no real standouts aside from Munro with his 46 points. Um. And in Ch- I guess the only real thing to mention here is that Tanvir Sanger is almost a must own. Three for yes. twenty-one or four overs. I put on Superco. I put on, on on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it that I was really looking forward to him bowling. Uh, I'm a big Tanvir Sanger fan. He actually played mm-hmm. for my local club, Campbelltown Ghosts. So uh, he he played with us down here for a couple of seasons as he was coming up through the grades and things like that. And the guy's such a ta- talent, man. Like. He's so good, and he showed exactly why he's playing in the World Cup with Australia at the moment. Um, really good kind of loop out of the hand. The mm-hmm. guy has re- nice drop, good revs on the ball, and can also bowl a really nice slider, good back of the hand wrong into. 94 super coach points. Uh, I would argue he almost becomes a must-have in a week. Uh, if not now, if you have the flexibility and you've already got the cash on the board, I'd probably grab can- him this week. Can I throw it out to you that this their game this week is at Adelaide Oval? And for those of you worried about the weather, I've had a bit of an outlook for all games, and it looks as though we're going to get all games this round, thank fuck. But with the short boundaries at Adelaide Oval, does it concern you? Uh, no. No, it doesn't. Not with Sanger. Not with Sanger. So he can actually vary his, his pace quite well. Um, so you notice in the game where he got three for 21 here, you see a lot of the balls where he would entice the batter to come down the wicket and he'd slow the ball up and the pace would come off the ball and, and you'd get really nice drop on those slower ones too. And then as soon as he started to kind of really drive the ball into the pitch and get the ball th- through the wicket, uh, batsmen tried to go onto the back foot and they got caught on the back foot and they were, that they, they were neither here nor there. And as a spinner, that's kind of what you want. You want them in between forward or backward. Um, he did that really well. I, I don't know whether maybe this is going to be even better for Sanger. Short yeah. square boundaries are great for a leg spinner because you're going, you're hitting as a right hander across against the, spin. Uh, against the spin. Yeah. Yep. So maybe that's a good thing. I mean, I'm going to be a Matty Short owner this week, so maybe it's not such a good thing. Hopefully, he doesn't get him out. Hopefully, Matty Short taps everybody else, and then uh, Sanger gets a couple of poles. Mm. That'd be nice. But um, Sanger talk, was awesome. Talk to me about Daniel Sams too. Uh, awful. Yep. Awful. And you know the best part about being awful is that he's going to drop his in price. price is going to drop. Yep. Yep. 
I'm actually hoping he's awful for another two weeks. I'm not picking him up before the round four uh, double. There's no yeah. point now, especially with the massive break even he's going to have this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will wait until round four. He will still be the most purchased player in round four because it's role-based. It's not looking at form. The guy is going to bowl four overs and he's going to bat six or seven. That's that's perfect. That's exactly what we want. Um, so Daniel Sam's still an option for me, but two for, uh, none for 25 off two overs. He got tapped everywhere. Not ideal. Uh, and also, you can tell he was trying to bowl those slow balls into the wicket, but he was just getting it wrong. He was either yeah, getting was. it too short or too full. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it just didn't work out for Daniel Sams, unfortunately. Uh, Bangers, Bancroft, uh, Davies and Green were probably the only ones to really show some fight in this chase, but it just didn't come out falling 20 short. Tell me about the Heat bowlers, mate, because uh, technically this is their second game of the week. Should have been their third. Should have been uh, their third yeah. They all kind of delivered, didn't they? Yeah, they did. So Butler with three wickets, 81 supercoach points. Swepson, another two, 69 supercoach points. Your mate, P. Diddy, or however Scobes wants to call him, two for 22 <laughs> off four. Hello, Richie Benno. 71 supercoach points. And Kuhneman had two wickets as well for seven. Ah, sorry, 60 supercoach points. Billing's a bit of a letdown, though, in both games. He almost got the strike rate bonus in game two, but decided to shit the bed, which I was pretty disappointed about. But Spencer Johnson, also pretty disappointing. Yeah, he was kind of ordinary, mm. wasn't he? I mean, we're, yeah. we're looking at Spencer Johnson as this Mitchell Johnson kind of like bowl gas kind of scare people yeah. uh, role. And, and you know, we know he bowls quick, but he just couldn't get it right in these games. And I must say that I faded Billings at the last minute. Everybody in the Discord would have known. I put it up in there basically saying I'm not going to go with Billings just because of the rain that was around for game two, because of his role as well. He was actually named about at five in game one. So that just wasn't ideal for me. And I thought, you know what, mm. I'm just going to take a punt on one of these heat guys that I was sold on. I'm not going to run with them and let's see how it goes. And it actually worked out pretty well for me. So um, unfortunately, Sam Harper was also in my team who uh, maybe he's the Voldemort of this season. He who shall not be named because everyone seems to be a little bit angry. Let's roll with that. He was fucking ordinary. <laughs> we'll talk about, we will talk or yeah. not talk about him next game. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, not, not really much else to talk about here. Um, I think it's Walt Diddy. Maybe he calls him. Scopes. Um, yeah, that sounds right. He was nice. He, so we ended up scoring 109, I think it was, for the week, or 101, whatever it was. Um, so definitely enough to keep him in my side for another week. And I think he's a really good loop option for round three, considering he has the dual position bat bowl. So that's one thing to consider yep. if you're looking at moving on Paul Walter. I'd probably urge you to keep him for another couple of weeks so that you can use that dual position uh, in bat and bowl. And maybe even keep Billings as your batsman, oh, sorry, your wicket keeper bat loop as well so you've got basically a free swing in round three in all three positions that's what mm-hmm. i would probably be doing uh mate do you want to take us into the next one the stars lost to the scorchers and i'll probably you know what i'm going to go ahead and say this is probably one of the worst bbl batting innings i've seen from a team in a very long time yeah it was shit wasn't it the last 75 games that the stars have played they've only won 25 i think it is so they're running at 33%, which is the worst overall in the last six years or however long it's been. So, yeah, they need to do something there. And was it because Harry Brook pulled out last second and they're scrambling for imports? Probably not. They probably just need to revamp their side and start from ground zero again. But, um, yeah, bowled out for 101. Awful, awful shot selection. Uh, three wickets for Dorf, who was bowling really nicely, 108. Jai, two, or Jai Richardson, sorry, 74 super coach points. Our mate Cooper Conley, one for 11 off two, 81. He looked nice with the ball, but someone that 
really surprised me, and I'm sure you were thinking the same thing, mate. Hamish McKenzie with an elite two for 12 off four overs, 77. And Junker, time for Hardy. He got 20 at the end, too. Uh, two, uh, 65, sorry. But how good's this McKenzie guy? He was – how good was he? He was good, man. I love me a wrist spinner. Don't get me wrong. Well, Alan Rongens and giving the ball flight and drawing batsmen into shots that just look fucking ordinary. I tell you what, what, if you weren't kind of focusing on McKenzie and the way that he looks – and there was a tongue hanging out at some point during a run-up. You could have thought that was Brad Hogg out there. Mm-hmm. Um, from from what I've heard, McKenzie's been meeting up for coffee uh, for Brad Hogg weekly for the last year or so. Yeah, right. uh, and you can really tell with the way that he bowls. Um, he was awesome. He was so good. So anybody who took a little bit of a punt, and I'll put my hand up and say that I didn't, and I kind of warned people off him just because of Ashton Agar's role, and he'll probably come back and McKenzie will drop. But I'll tell you what, he's going to make it harder and harder for Agar to come back in and, and someone else to not drop out to keep McKenzie in this team. There was an article was very today good. released by Honeyball, our friends at Honeyball, that said that even he realises that his position's in jeopardy and that he's bowling game to game until Ashton Agar's right to go. So, Good on him. Mate, you've got to yeah. take your opportunity, and he absolutely took it with two hands. So good on absolutely. him. Absolutely. Um, Asam Amir, he actually bowled well without much luck. He, he got one for 22 off his four overs. He was pretty good. So for anybody who took a little bit of a punt on him, unfortunately, didn't really get the super coach points from that from that perspective because he missed um, – or did he play game one? No, he missed game one, didn't he? Missed game one, yeah. Yeah. One for 22 off four. Finished with 46 super coach points. He was really should, the only positive. Should have been a lot more. There was some, a couple of really ordinary drop catches from their behalf too. Awful. Just mm. awful cricket, honestly. Yeah. Um, Harris Ralph was okay. I think he went for 15 off his two overs, didn't get a wicket. Oh, there wasn't really much going on. I think they, they missed Steckity. They missed Nathan Coulton-Isle. They missed Maxwell. I think those three guys are, are really pivotal, crucial <laughs> parts of this role, uh, of this game. Uh, Bo Webster didn't bowl as well, which I thought was very surprising. I thought he would have got a trundle. Um, mm. So, yeah, Stoinis looked to bowl himself, which is no surprise taking the captaincy. I don't mind that, though, because much like Daniel Sams, I'm looking at Webster for round three. He's one of those ones I've got circled. He's He's got a proven track record. He can bowl. He can bat. Um, threw his wicket away in this game, but, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I don't mind the Bo Webster shot. Not bad. He's probably a little bit overpriced, isn't he, for me now at, at this point in the season. He might lose some cash, though, luckily, from the game that we just had. So, um, yeah, you might get him a bit cheaper which would be nice. Um, Now, in the chase, mate, nearly all five batsmen made 20 runs in the chase. Aaron Hardy gave his wicket away really cheaply to finish with 65 super coach points. Really disappointing um, as a Hardy captainer, and I'm sure there's a few of us out there in the the comments or in watching this right now that had Hardy as captain that would have been a bit disappointed with the way he threw his wicket away with that wide short ball from Mir. Um, But unfortunate. We, We just see that the role that Hardy has, though, I think the only reason he didn't get more overs with the ball in his hand was because that the stars were six for fuck all. And they were just going for the throat. Richo and Ty came back on really early. Mm-hmm. Normally they'd probably bowl the death and Hardy would bowl those middle overs. They swapped those around. So Hardy got a little bit of junk at the end. But um, him batting three, mate, the guy is a seriously good player, serious talent. And um, I think he's only going to get better this year. 100%. The only disappointment here is Liam Dawson. The guy actually looks like a genuine super coach option. He looks good. Yeah, really good. Worst part is he's leaving halfway through their double in round three. That's second so, worst part. The worst part is he plays for the stars. 
<laughs> or is the worst part that he's a pom? Yeah. Oh yeah. Shout out too. to our yeah. Shout out to our mate Piers Morgan. Yeah. Um he would have actually probably ended up in my team, I reckon, with with the role that he has. He he looked actually pretty good with the bat in hand and bowled relatively well as well. But it's a shame. He's not relevant now, unfortunately. No, he's not. Mate, that's kind of that's the games wrapped up. I mean, normally we would have a lot less games to talk about. And just for everybody, obviously, tuning in today, this is going to be the only single kind of review of the week that we're going to do. We're going to combine the review and the preview in the same episode moving forward just because there's no real gap uh, between games or rounds anymore. It's going to be daily from pretty much when the test match finishes. So uh, we yep. thought we'd do a pre- we'll do a review of the whole week with a bit of time off so that people can start to think about their moves over the test match. So, mate, let's, uh, let's move into early trade talk. Targets acquired. Now... Early trade thoughts brought to you by Bonus Bank. Uh, obviously, Bonus Bank is Australia's number one side hustle. Uh, obviously, focus on matched betting to get you an advantage so you can basically go in and learn all their tutorials. You can sign up to their premium membership and you you can use the code INSIGHT uh, and you can get 25% off your first month. So happy days. You can also sign up for a free account if you want to give it a test drive and, and try it out and you can make your first $75 on Bonus Bank. So go and check them out. Inside is the code. Bonusbank.com.au is the website to make some cash that is tax-free money. Now, early trade thoughts, mate. How are you feeling initially? Well, what are your initial thoughts on, on what your moves are going to be leading into round two? Well, I've got three sort of in the gun at the moment. So... I didn't have a lot of coin. I only had about 20K left over. So I've gone, and this is only early days. I'll keep everyone up to date in the Discord and on X, but Jai Richardson to Matt Short, that's my number one. My number two is going to be Michael Nessar to Tanvir Sanger. And then I'm going Sam Billings to Josh Philippe. I'm putting my rocks on the line. I really like the way Philippe looked. And... Yeah, I reckon he's in for a big score. Doing that is going to bank me just over 80K. Talk to me about... Okay, this is interesting. I'm, I'm genuinely interested. We haven't... I spoke to you this morning and we said, don't talk about our trades because it'll That's make right. it interesting tonight. But mm-hmm. talk to me about the the Billings to Philippi move. Uh, are you not concerned about maybe getting another striker into your team on the double? I just don't know about the strikers. Okay. I, like, I see the strikers as being only better than the Melbourne Stars. I think there's five other teams, six other teams that are better than them, and they could potentially shit the bet as well. So I I know what I'm going to get out of Matt Short. The only other one that I may get may be uh, James Baisley, but no one really jumps off the page at me. So cash is, cash is king. The only like, and then there's another one. Do I look at bringing Swepson in? So I haven't sort of crossed that bridge yet, but we'll keep you all up to date in the Discord and on X. For sure, definitely, uh, mate. You got eighty k in the bank, so you've got a lot of freedom to make your moves. I've got four hundred dollars, mm-hmm. so uh, <laughs> after I make my moves, I've got four hundred dollars in the bank. Um, so I've, I've kind of timed this pretty well, but. So in round one, I stashed Darcy short. I stashed Darcy short as a bit of a bench loop um, purely because it, it got me a little bit ahead maybe for their double. Um, so I, I kind of used him to get Philippi's points, which worked out perfectly. I've got him now for their double. I don't love 
Darcy Short as an option. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a big fan. But I think he actually could be pretty beneficial as that nice real downgrade option at 67K, I think he is. So you could go and get a bat down to Darcy Short to free up some cash to make some other moves, and I don't mind that. Um, so that's that's probably where I'm at. I'm going for two strikers in my trades, and I left, like I said at the start of the episode, I left one trade for uh, basically freedom to make a move on a person that I missed, a player that I really underestimated or that I missed, and that's Will Sutherland. So the trades that I'm going to be making this week are going to be Matty Nisa, uh, Michael Nisa to Matt Short. That's number one. Uh, that's a lock. I, I'm toying with the idea of potentially just straight captaining Matt Short on the double. Um, I could VC if I wanted to be safe, but I wouldn't mind the freedom to use my loops a little bit better. So, um, yeah, Nisa to Matt Short is my first trade. Joe Clark, who people might say, why are you trading Joe Clark? He's got a double in round three and all the Renegades have an amazing schedule and all this kind of stuff. Joe Clark now becomes a bat only, mm-hmm. which... If you want to take a bat only, he's not. He doesn't have the gloves anymore with Quentin Decock in the in the team. So he's going to be fielding. He's not going to have the gloves. He doesn't get that extra kind of ten to twenty points you'd expect from a wicketkeeper. Joe Clark now becomes a batsman only. I hate batsmen only. Hate them with a the passion. I he could come out and nick off first ball. You get a zero from him. And you brought it up before. You take out his wicketkeeping stats, and he scored eight and looked lazy. Yep, awful. So I am punting. Joe Clark for James Baisley at this point. Um, James Baisley could, he's the most expensive option, I think, from the Adelaide Strikers. I think you could probably even look at a David Payne. You could look at a uh, Jamie Overton, potentially, if you're a risky. Uh, There's a number of options you could look at. Uh, But I like Baisley because he's going to bat seven and probably bowl three overs as a minimum, I would say. So I'm pretty confident in Baisley's role coming across from the Brisbane Heat. I think he can do some good things for, uh, for the Strikers. My third trade is my most controversial trade. I'm getting in Will Sutherland, but I'm trading out Colin Munro. Now, the reason for this is exactly why I'm trading out Joe Clark. Colin Munro is a bat only, and I hate bat only players. The reason I took a bat, a punt on Munro initially in round one was purely because he had three cracks. Now he has one. What if he gets a good rock? Brisbane Heat play the Thunder, I think, this week. What if Daniel Sams comes out and bowls him a real nice one? Liam Hatcher, for instance, bowled fucking awesome for the Thunder last week. Mm -hmm. What happens if Liam Hatcher comes out and bowls a real nice seed and nicks off Munro for four? You've got four points for him, and he's got a minus 28 break even, but that'll make you about maybe 6K if he nicks off early, which is kind of irrelevant then. So I'm going Munro to Will Sutherland just for the roll and for the catch-up on on Sutherland. I need him in my team. Don't mind it, but... Don't like it. Munro is, me. He's the most informed batsman in the competition. If it wasn't for fucking Brown hogging the strike in the power play, <laughs> that man could have ended up on near on 160, 170 runs in his two games. He looked really, really good with bat in hand. This guy is going to hold him. Good. So let's let's go. Let's see where this goes, mate. Yeah. You can you can hold him and hope yep. that he scores 40. Plus, uh, or Will Sutherland can bowl four overs and jag a wicket and take a catch in the field and score 10 and outscore him. So that's my thinking. Why not have both? Mm. Hey, if you got both, I'm fine with it. I'm chasing my tail getting Will Sutherland in. And I, yeah. I think, unfortunately, I didn't go, I didn't start with him. 
but I need to grab him now. And unfortunately, Munro is a sacrificial lamb for me to be able to get Will Sutherland. So that's, that, that's just the way that it plays out. Um, those are our moves initially. Now, obviously, these may change, but we're going to go live on Monday night and actually do a proper preview show where we look at the week ahead. We actually talk about our moves in depth. Uh, we probably know a little bit more by then. Over the weekend, there'll be news coming out about guys like Ashton Agar um, yep. and other players that are potentially injured or carrying niggles, Glenn Maxwell, whatever. So we're going to know a fair bit by then. Um, so we will go live on Monday to talk you through all of our thoughts. Now, to wrap this bad boy up, we probably should answer some questions, shouldn't we? Yeah, I think so. Let's get into it. It's question time. Let's answer your questions for the week ahead. Now, let's quickly cover a couple of questions we got in the Discord, first of all, from the SC Master. Real good name. Real good name. Um, Is it possible to hold Munro through the bye? Which Heat players should we be holding? So I'm I'm assuming he means which Heat players should we be holding through that bye period and the Brisbane Heat have the bye in round three. What are your thoughts? Wait to see what Munro does this week. So I'll I'll hold him and I'll get back to you. Yeah, you can you can reassess this week. He's got a minus twenty eight break even, so I'm sure people aren't silly as me and they have Will Sullivan in their team and they can kinda of just hold Munro and enjoy themselves. So I'd do the same. Which heat players would you hold through their buy? Billings for me is a no brainer because he gives you the wicket keeper loop for round three. Who yeah. else? Uh, if, you, if you've got Nessa and you're holding on to him, it gives you the bats bowls um loop. Uh, um yeah, I'm not sure on anyone else, really. Look, if you've got Kuhneman or Swepson, I'm probably not carrying both through the bye. So you'd have one of the two. But, yeah. I will be holding Paul Walter because he is a dual position bat bowl and can give you that loop option. That These oh, are the that only bad? two options oh, yeah. I think I'll be holding. Okay. So... I'm trading Nisa this week. I kind of don't want to, but I feel like I need to to get Matt Short. That's probably the easiest option to get to Matt Short, which is fine. They, they play a similar yep. role. So, yeah. Um, actually, Matt Short has a better role. So, uh, yeah, Nisa has to make better. way, unfortunately, and the Heat just don't have the schedule. So, that's the way I'm going. Uh, SC Master has another question for us, mate. Who would you buy out of David Payne or James Baisley? I've got to do more reading, so I'll get back to you. But at the moment, it's Baisley for me just because he's a known commodity for me. And the next part to that question, is Maxwell a hold? Yes. I'm not going to elaborate on that. Hold him tight. Don't let him go. Just keep him in your team all year. Easy as that. Unless he gets injured again. What about you? What do you know about about David Payne? Well, David Payne averaged 70-odd supercoach points last year for Perth in three or four games. So, unfortunately, David Payne went to the Perth where they have about 200 fast bowlers in their, in their squad that can do a really good job at an inter- international level. So, David Payne coming across from England did a really good job for Perth, and I think he can play a really pivotal role for, for the strikers this year. I like him, and I would probably, ins- if I wasn't going to James Baisley because I maybe didn't believe in the role or maybe he was sliding one down the order, maybe he wasn't going to bowl his three overs, David Payne's the guy for me I'm getting. Um, so if that tells you anything, I, I like him. I like his game. Big left arm, quick, doesn't fuck around, bowls good gas. Um, I think he's a nice, I think he's a nice play. So I'd Baisley first, Payne second, but both really good options if you don't like one or the other. Good. Uh, mate, we should dive into some of the live questions, shouldn't we, before we wrap this That's bad good. boy up? Yeah, I think now, so. Yeah, do you want to tackle the first couple? 
Yeah, I can do that. And I'll be back with you. Cool. So our first one from Lachlan is, how did I fall into the Sam Harper trap? Five points in two games has to be a record for the worst performance. I'm with you, Lachlan. He was shit ass. Uh, if you've got him, you probably wouldn't trade him out this week because you can use him as a wicketkeeper loop. So, yeah, hold him and then maybe look to move him on the next week if you don't think that he's going to be of any value to you. Matty Granger, how are you, mate? Nice of you to tuning in. Jack Booth finished fifth overall in our league. Congratulations, Jack. Matt Short ended last season in poor form. Is it really silly to be avoiding him? I've also got Richardson, Hardy, and Ty if their game is going to be rescheduled or is their game going to be rescheduled. Matt Short did finish last year pretty poorly, but you'd be fucking stupid to ignore this man. He's one of the best BBL players getting around. He's on a double this week. He's the captain. I believe he's going to bowl a couple of overs. He's going to open the batting. He fields well. He's going to make you points or super coach points, whichever way you go. So everyone needs to bring this man in. we got Corey as well as Braino joins us. Is it worth for my team as Sanger, Fraser McGurk and Jack Edgewoods? Could I go to Nessa? to Overton, Richardson to Matt Short, Billings to Payne. This is a novel, mate. Sorry, let's do this bit by bit. Sanger's good. I like Fraser McGurk. Jack Edwards, I've got him and I'm going to be keeping him. Ness is out for me. Overton's someone that we're going to get back to in our live next Monday. We think he could potentially have a role, but we're going to do a bit of digging for you guys. Richardson to Matt Short. Yep, that's what I've done. Billings to Payne, potentially. And a Harper to someone else like Swepson to boost. I don't think this is the route to use your boost. Nath, you want to give me more on that one, mate? Um, definitely do not move Harper this week. He will not move. He will not lose cash for you, which is massive. There is no point in moving Harper. You can actually start Harper. Just put him in your starter wicketkeeper position. Put the emergency on your wicketkeeper. And then ideally, if it's Ben McDermott, he plays first round. You get a free look at Ben McDermott. If Ben McDermott shits the bed, doesn't do well, you can move one of your wicketkeeper bats up yep. to and replace them and put Harper back on the bench. So for me, Harper is the perfect loophole option this week to get a free look at your wicketkeeper. So I would keep him this week, 100%. Uh, to the rest of this question, sorry, I'm trying to backtrack a little bit. That's okay. Um, Ness, so Overton, Mick mentioned, we'll talk about, and we will dive into this a little bit more next week. Um, I'm not a big fan of him. I'm not a big fan. He's going to bat six, but the problem with this is that Baisley's going to bat seven, and then you've got four genuine bowling options in guys like Menenti, you've got David Payne, you've got Henry Thornton, you've got Wes Agar. Those four guys, if they play all four of them, I don't see Overton bowling. You've got Matt Short and Darcy Short that can roll the arm over too, so you've got three genuine spin options, and then you've got four quicks. You've got seven bowlers in this team before you even consider Overton. So my concern is that Overton has played as a six and barely gets a bowl unless he's needed. A bit of a Paul Walter role. So we saw in, in game one, Paul Walter bowled one over. We saw in game two, he bowled his allotment. So I think we're going to get a lot of inconsistency from Overton as much as we are from Paul Walter. For sure. Um, are we studying the weather for round two? I'm doing my best, mate. So I've, <laughs> I've had a bit of a look at at Elders and the Bureau of Meteorology. And as far as I can see, and I'm by no means qualified to be able to give you the exact details of the precipitation in the air, but it looks like we're going to get all our allotment of games of cricket this weekend. That would be great. 
I would enjoy that. Yeah. No abandoned matches. No rain. Yep. Yep. Please. And yeah, if you've got any issues with my weather report, go and watch Jane Bunn. Even leave it on mute. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> Thanks to Neil for watching the show up the heat, watching from New Zealand. Thanks for tuning in, mate. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, hopefully you're not offended by uh, Mick's uh, weather report. Uh, <laughs> Matty Gibson, some players getting a DNP. So we're talking about that DNP conversation we asked about earlier. Some players getting a DNP would be too hard to manage. Batsmen may get catches. And where do you draw the line with bowlers when batting? Should be a DNP for all, though. So my issue with a DNP for all is that some players have earned points. What if Aaron Hardy comes out and batted first and scored 60 not out of 30 rocks and the game gets abandoned? He loses all of his points. That's my concern. I don't think that as soon as a player earns points, they should lose them. But I think if a player doesn't get the advantage or the opportunity, sorry, to make points at all, they shouldn't get zero. That's probably my opinion on the matter. Now, James Daly doesn't think there should be a DNP either. It's the same when rain stops the game. Tough luck. Hey, look, I can live with that too. I don't have a problem with that. Um, now, Corey Blackledge needs Sanger soon. If you don't have him as play stars round three as well before the double, that is a good point. Um, I would nice maybe point. even go early on him and just grab him this week if you don't have any other yeah, issues. Would you go early? I'm going early. He's going he's gonna to make like bulk it. coin. Yep. Yep. Good shout. Would you pick him over Swepson? Oh, good question. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I, I think he's the best leg spinning talent we have in Australia at the moment outside of Adam Zampa, but he's not that far away from Zampa for me. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. Now, would you pick him over headband, Swepson? Oh, you're giving me all these hard questions on the live, aren't you? <laughs> Keep that for next week, mate. Mm, yeah, okay. Headband Swepson is a different he's a different beast, that bloke. Yeah, uh, Lachlan Camilleri, yeah. thanks for joining us. Sam Harper should be named not the sharper tool in the shed. Yeah, good little play on words there from you. I like that. We'll like give it that. four out of seven. I'll give that. Um, Hashana, no BBL. Unfortunately, no BBL for the next six days, mate. We've got the test match against Pakistan. Australia have mm -hmm. Pakistan in the next five days. So there will not be any BBL. The next BBL game, is it Tuesday, Mick? Yes, it is. Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. The test match finishes or is scheduled to finish on the Monday. And then we're straight back into BBL on the Tuesday. Beauty. So we'll go live on the Monday night, talk you through the week ahead and all the fun stuff as well. Uh, right. Last question here. Tom is asking, is Kuhneman to Swepson two sideways? You got one spinner on the same team to the other. One's got a negative break even. It's kind of a low one, like minus 10. And then you've got Swepson with minus 70. I think it's two sideways. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just depends what your priorities are. Are you making cash or are you chasing points or what are you doing it for? That's, yeah. that's the thing. I think if you're chasing cash, you probably need to go Swepson. If, you're, if the rest of your squad stunk it up, if you've got DNPs on your bench, if you, your starters didn't really make much cash and you feel like you're behind the eight ball, maybe Swepson is the right option. Yeah. And you also have a free trade, mind you. That's a luxury trade for me. This is a luxury trade, Kuhneman to Swepson, if you've got no other moves. But I think if we're attacking the schedule, you should be attacking Adelaide Strikers players. So you should be maybe looking at a Ben Menenti. Mm -hmm. 
at that kind of cheaper price potentially to yeah. free up some cash to make some other moves. I'd probably even prefer that. Menenti gets two cracks. Um, if he obviously gets named on game one, the good thing with the strikers is they play game one. So we're going to get a nice early look at these guys, aren't we? We are. Yep. Uh, we've got a couple of live ones here from Global. Thanks for joining us again, mate. Are we going for cheapies that we missed for cash gen or going for value players like Agar and Payne? And we kind of just answered this one, didn't we? Um, yeah, it just okay. depends how the rest of your squad went. If you made good cash across your squad, I'd probably prioritize the points, would you? Yep. But if, yep. You, if you missed out on the cash, maybe prioritize the cash. That's probably the best example. Uh, what are the top three trade targets for the strikers? Do you want to answer this one or me? Matt Short, Matt Short, Matt Short. <laughs> I, I, I can't argue with that. If I could get Matt Short three times in my team, I would. Yeah. I like Wes Agar. I like James Baisley. I like Matt yeah. Short. Those are my three yeah. favorites. Yep. And a bit of a smoky. The bloke looks as though he's been using a toothpick early on in the season. But if Darcy Short gets cracking at a nice cheap 67K, I think he is at the moment, that could be a nice little buy as well. Donate it. I've got Darcy Short in my team, so I hope you're right. Yep. Um, I just have a funny feeling he's going to stink the join up, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, global, I did tell you, Legends, that nobody was talking about the weather last week and you lads blew it off. Um, I'm sorry. Sorry. I'll take Apologies. Yeah. Apologies. Um, to be fair, we only should have missed one game, but we, we missed two. Yeah. So you. it was technically, it wasn't weather in Geelong. It was. Just shit curating and groundsman work. There you no go. Good. Uh, Jack Booth asking, any news on the rescheduled game? Yeah, so uh, there's there's word that potentially this one could be replayed uh, and it could be replayed next week. Now, I'm not that hasn't been confirmed, but that would have implications for the Renegades guys because that would mm -hmm. be three triples in three weeks that they would have to start the season. Three doubles. Yep. Sorry, doubles. My bad. That's that's still huge for anybody who loaded up on Renegades players like the most of us. So keep an eye out on that. It hasn't been scheduled. It hasn't actually been locked in, but there is word that potentially this could happen at the back end of next week. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely update the Discord yep. uh, as we go. So jump in there if you're not Let's, in there, mate. And we'd, we'd be hoping that this news will come out before Monday night if it is rescheduled, given that, the, the amount of people that are into the cricket and the BBL, they'd want to give people ample time to to plan for potentially the, the uh, Renegade, sorry, and the Perth Scorchers being on a double as well this week. Yep. Good shout. Now, this is a real question for you. Aiden Green, anti-pod Matt Short. Now, Matt Short is very well owned. He will be mm -hmm. probably one of the most purchased, if not the most purchased this week. Mm -hmm. Can you fade him? Mick shaking his head for anybody no. listening on audio. No. Frantically. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> he could have been nervous no. there, I it's think. It's about to, yeah, my head's about to rattle off my shoulders. There is no way you can antipod Matt Short. Yeah. Look, okay, let me give you some stats and we'll make that decision. So uh, he's played 28 games at Adelaide Oval, averages mm -hmm. 55 super coach points. Mm -hmm. He's played 13 games at Adelaide Oval in the past two seasons, and he averages 87 super coach points in the last two years at Adelaide Oval. The so strikers play their first game at Adelaide Oval. Do you want to go against that? I do not. 
Uh, he's had scores of 142, 103, 117, 127, 119, 173, and 142 at Adelaide Oval in the last 28 games. He oh, loves just... playing at Adelaide. Lock the bloke in. Do not antipod him. There's just way too much risk. Now, I guess the, the antipod thought would be potentially that he doesn't play really well away from Adelaide. So at the uh, SCG, he averages eight, or he averages 15. Uh, he's played four games at the SCG for a total of nine supercoach points, or sorry, an average of nine. Uh, against the Thunder, he's played 12 games for an average of 36 supercoach points. So that's the past two seasons. He's averaged 65, though. Only one score over 100. And then versus Sixers, he's played 10 games for an average of 35. So he hasn't exactly scored that well against them. The last two seasons, averaging 68. So, I mean, you're banking on him failing in game one if he's ever going to shit the bed this week. And I don't think you want to bet against Matt Short at Adelaide Oval based on the stats we just spoke about. No, you don't want to. No. That is my TED Talk. Thank you for coming for my TED Talk. Mm -hmm. Um Mate, any final words on this one? We've, we've gone through our early moves. We've answered some questions. I don't think there's any other questions at the moment coming through. Um, <laughs> no. We're obviously going to dive in a bit deeper, aren't we, on on, on Monday night ahead of mm -hmm. Tuesday's round. But, uh, mate, any any final words before we wrap this up? No, I just encourage everyone to that hasn't already to jump into our Discord. It is a very active Discord with people throwing around a lot of ideas. And we're, we're loving the chat in there, aren't we, mate? So... For those of you that aren't already involved in it, down below there'll be a link to the Discord. Uh, click on that. It'll take you straight through to it and throw your questions around. We'll get to all of them. We absolutely will. Looking forward to going live on Monday night. So put that one in your calendar, guys, and tune in. Ask all your questions when we have a bit more news about what's happening next week. Uh, and hop in the Discord if you haven't. Hit subscribe. Hit like like do all those things hit follow if you're listening to us on audio we appreciate all the love and the support that we're getting all the comments all the questions we love it um but guys we will be live again on monday until then you've been listening to the insight fantasy sports podcast catch you later see ya